guys, we are officially doing it. I don't think you understand how long this episode is. <laughs> it is 11.55 on a Monday night. I um, arrived, I think, at like 8. And me and Alex were just shooting the shit. And, um, oh, wait, thanks for tuning into the Blair Minimum. <laughs> I'm here with confidence and relationship coach, Alex Streisand. Hey guys. And no, the reason that we um, took so long to start recording this episode is we didn't even have the mics on. <laughs> but here No we, big deal. No, it's no big deal. Cause now we're here. We're going to go through the night. I actually spent the entire day meeting my kindergartners. So um, tomorrow's going to be <laughs> pretty rough, <laughs> but here we are. We're having a great time. So yes. Um, Alex is actually my cousin James's girlfriend. She's amazing. Shout out James. I, you might be listening. Love you. Um, but yes, so that's how we met. We met at what it was just a random family event. family event. Yeah. Our family's really tight. They're fucking insane. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, it's facts. It's not even like an opinion. It's I love just, them though. Yeah, I love them. You gotta love them. Once you get accepted by them, which is a huge thing, which I feel like happened pretty easily. Yeah, of course it did. Cause you're amazing. <laughs> Thanks, um, so. Yeah, so Alex got accepted by the fam. As soon as I met her, we clicked because she's perfect. And obviously being a relationship and confidence coach is awesome. So I just wanted to, you know, let everybody know. Or, you know, why don't you let everybody know how you got here? <laughs> um, so basically, little backstory on me. I went to college for restaurant and business management at Johnson & Wales, where what? I then, a week after graduation, was managing a restaurant in Union Square. Oh, are you going to shout out the name or not? Nah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that for a while and uh, started at the age of 21, was already managing a restaurant. Holy doing shit. Doing 80, 90 hours a week. Yeah, it wasn't such a great time after a little while. And I was really dissatisfied and, you know, really miserable, actually. I had no life. I was working holidays, weekends, anytime, basically, that I could. They had me working. So... You know, after... So you were the actual manager? Yeah, front of the house. As a baby? Yeah, more or less. It was a, it was a good time. <laughs> Learned a lot, but don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Not going to lie about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that, I decided that, you know, even though I had a title and I was making all of this money and my parents were really proud of me for being in that position, my happiness was so low that it wound up, I had to make the decision like, okay, I can either stay for the money and for the title, or I can do something that's actually going to fulfill me. So I wound up talking to my brother, who's a world traveler. He's been to every continent with just a backpack. Shut up. Yeah. He's what's his, really cool. David his, Streisand. Look him up on Facebook. He's awesome. What's his favorite? His what? His like favorite place. Um, I feel like Antarctica when he slept in a sleeping bag in the middle of the ice, oh but I could be is totally he like, wrong. Is he like a little cuckoo? He's, no, he's incredible. Oh my God. Super like motivating, really inspiring. Married his wife in Bali. Oh, my two nieces are okay. incredible. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's like the whole nine, you know? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, and I basically talked to him and I was like, Dave, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling really lost and really confused. And where do I go from here? And he's like, you need to find yourself. Like you need to pack a backpack and you need to go. And I was so, like, so how old were you at that? That I was like 23 turning 24, closer to 24. Yeah. So that's pretty young for someone that's 23, like trying. 23. Yeah. Well, that's like, mm, it's kind of young, but I feel like a lot of people are struggling at that age to find themselves, but that's a little, 
Yeah, it was yeah. definitely on the younger side of it, especially I feel like a lot of people kind of deal with it and go through as long as they can until mm-hmm. they break down. And my breakdown was just a lot sooner. Yeah, and the I rock was like, bottom. Yeah, I was like, I need to make a change. Mine was 26, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not too much after me. Yeah. So I decided to listen to him, and I packed a backpack and backpacked alone through Israel, Taiwan, and Thailand for four and a half months. Mm-hmm. And through that, I found my independence. I learned my self-worth. I really discovered the outside world of the U.S. and of especially New York and mm-hmm. especially Long Island. Yeah. And it was so incredible. Like, words can't even describe. I was, like, submerged in so many different cultures and teaching little children English and helping families. Shout out teachers, food. baby. Yeah. And helping, you know, families provide food and putting food on the tables for them and helping animals in the jungle. And it was, like... So many things that just showed me the beauty that the world has to offer and Mm -hmm. all of this happiness that is so much bigger than us. Yeah, And And when we give back, like that's where the fulfillment lies. So because of that experience, I came back and decided I wanted to get into life coaching. I wanted to make people be able to understand and bring that sense of happiness and fulfillment and joy into their life and that sense of confidence into their life when they just can't quit their jobs and pack a backpack and go halfway around the world. Yeah, and I think to like piggyback off that, I was reading, I forget if this is part of that book, like The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, but it's like people people's happiness is based on, it's based on a lot of things, but people that are like cruising through life, they don't find a sense of like purpose unless they're like giving back. Um, which sounds kind of corny, but like you're finding like a greater sense of purpose if you're part of something greater than yourself. Um, and it's, it goes farther than the sense of like belongingness, but like if you're doing something with purpose and that's why people have such a hard time, like finding themselves cause they don't know what their purpose is. And that doesn't mean that you have to go backpacking, but I feel like that's, I mean, I'm not like putting words into your mouth, but that's how you found because you were alone. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to rely on anybody else to tell you what you're supposed to do. Exactly. That was like the ultimate challenge of independence I guess in a way like really having to rely on nobody else but myself Mm -hmm. and look from within to figure out okay where am I going next what is this path that I'm on what is this path that I want to create yeah it's awesome yeah it was incredible and that's what brought me back to school and I wound up getting like certification to become a life coach and then opened up my own business and now I'm a certified professional confidence and relationship coach Guys, is this the most unreal shit ever? <laughs> and she's dating my cousin. Uh, so she's in the fam. Um, so yeah, so now that you're a confidence and relationship coach, like what do you like what do you do? What kind of clients do? Like what do you have more confidence coaching or relationship coaching? What kind of issues? I mean, we'll talk about what kind of issues that you deal with, but um kind of what's your like forte? Yeah, so I really look for people like my ideal client more or less are people who are self-aware they know that they have these goals that they want to reach they you know they have this lifestyle or this life that they want and relationships that they want and for me relationships doesn't just mean intimately it really means the relationship that you have with yourself because mm-hmm. when we create a stable foundation within ourselves that then reflects back outward and that's when we create healthy relationships intimately with our family members yeah. with our friends with our coworkers our bosses everyone else that's outerly but that all stems from within yeah and that's why confidence goes hand in hand with relationships especially the one you have with yourself because you can't really have a stable foundation for a relationship without being confident yeah and not cocky 
when you're like, you know, really stuck up more on that level, but confident in the sense where you know your worth, you know your values, you know what you want and what you don't want, and you move forward towards your goals and you're able to, and for me, it's like working with people, so I'm shifting their mindset and really opening up the way that they see things, so now they're finding opportunities in their challenges. Mm -hmm. They're being able to find the solutions in any given problem. And it's really creating that more positive mindset so you're able to be like, okay, I am facing X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to, you know, be vulnerable. I'm going to open up. I'm going to figure out what it is that's going on because our first reaction is to go to the, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't know that. But at the end of the day, we do know because nobody else outside of us knows but us, right? We're the only ones that have been through everything that we've gone through in our life that have shaped us to be who we are today. So as incredible as so much advice can be, it's really about looking inward and being like, okay, well, what works for me? And what can I do with this? And how can I really, you know, shift this and reframe this to make this create a positive life and a life that I want. So for me, it's like a lot of, you know, keeping people accountable, setting goals and creating action plans and allowing them to really, you know, create positive conversations with themselves so they're breaking through like the negative self-talk and Mm -hmm. that inner critic that's telling us, well, we're not good enough or we can never do this because of our past or we can never accomplish this because we didn't go to the right school or didn't have the right job or don't know how to do these things and it's breaking through all of that and realizing that we have the power to do what we want if we shift the way that we see things and actually take our power back in order to move forward. Yeah, I mean, this goes a lot with, if you guys listen to my Nick Pags episode, which you didn't have to for this, but it's all, your world is what you make it. It's all about your perspective. Like it's, Absolutely. it goes from like little things to big things. It's, I mean, you can get yourself out of bed or you don't have to get yourself out of bed. You can, you know, make a happy, you can make something happy or you can make it sad. And so that's, so I would, so basically you start, it's essentially like you kind of start with the confidence coaching and then it goes into the relationship relationship code yeah absolutely they, mm-hmm. they tie hand in hand and i would recommend like anyone too who is curious check out my website which, oh for sure do the promo yeah which is www.alexandrastreisandcoaching.com blair you'll put it in oh wherever. yeah for sure i'll link yeah. it and that kind of describes more of like how i work you know what it looks like working with me what the benefits are how i you know can actually shift the way you're seeing things and create a life that you want so yeah, check out the promo later. Oh, it's amazing. Dude, I'm, so, I'm so proud of you and so <laughs> proud to know you. Thanks, girl. So yeah, I mean, it's this shit is not easy. No. I mean, and it's like most people never get to this spot or ever even realize that they need to get to this spot. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's really easy to cru- cruise through life and, you know, think that you're confident and think that you're happy when you could be living such a better life and yeah. be way more confident and have really meaningful relationships because Absolutely. you realize your self-worth. Yeah. Um, but today we're talking about dating because guess what? Everyone wants to know about it and everyone wants to know what everyone else is going through because guess what? It's the same shit that you're going through probably. <laughs> um, and so I brought up a lot of topics that are going on today that, um, you might be going through, you might not be going through, or you could just be interested in. And, um, 
the first thing that I decided to uh, talk to Alex about, <laughs> we, <laughs> we we talked about it a little bit while the uh, mics weren't working, <laughs> aka they just weren't on. <laughs> um, Alex, my girl, why is dating so hard today? Or why do people think dating is so hard today? AKA what's going on? Yeah. And that goes into so many different realms, right? Like what we were exploring, but to kind of kickstart it off. I mean, and it also is not even only for people our age. It's like all levels, all ages. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really about like, I think number one is nobody's really truly honest about dating, right? So it's like, why, what is so difficult? And really when you break it down, it's like the first thing that we are taught as children is to like be honest and be open. And yet that's kind of the opposite of what we do when we're going into a dating scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like we, we show up to a dating scene and we're like, well, yeah, I don't want to be serious, but like inside you're secretly like, I'm dying to find a relationship that actually makes me happy. Because everyone wants to be loved. I've had this conversation so many times. Like what, you want to meet somebody and like not be liked and be loved? Like, no, no, that's not the ultimate goal. No. No, nobody doesn't like, like nobody likes to be like hated. No. <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. Like and you- we're humans. Like we're meant to have connections. We're meant to work together. We're meant to create, you know, incredible connections and depth and understandings and appreciation and affection and love. And essentially, like, yeah. if we want to go back all the way, little baby humans. Yeah. But not everybody <laughs> wants to have babies anymore. But like, that's like, it's literally in our nature to find a partner. Mm-hmm. And so- like uh, Alex was like talking about like you don't really like one you're going on if you're going on a first date you're showing your best self or you're like perceive like maybe showing you know possibly somebody that you're not but also like you don't a lot of people don't go in with like getting vulnerable mm-hmm. and this trust so yeah um, and you go into the well I'd really love to get to know you better but like in your head it's really like well until we have sex and then I lose interest and move on to the next thing mm-hmm. or oh guys we're about to get like real real so like you could pause this now but like it's about to get even realer later <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and it's even going into like, well, you know, I'm just not looking for a relationship right now. But in reality, that just means I am not really interested and I'm looking for someone that I actually connect with. Yeah. And rather than being honest and being like, hey, I'm just not feeling this. It's like, oh, no, I'm actually not looking for anything serious. But in reality, that's not actually true. So like life and dating would be a lot more simple if we could actually communicate properly and tell each other what we're feeling and what's going on because even though the truth can hurt at first at least we're not causing trust issues or leading people on or causing other types of issues down the road yeah and like I was I was telling Alex this before like I obviously always bring this back to Nick Pags because trust is just a theme in life like I said and Alex is like this too I'm so over trusting because that risk is worth the reward of building these meaningful relationships and having these people in my life. And yeah, does it cause heartbreak? Does it cause betrayal? Does it cause like, you know, losing people in my life? Yeah. But that those relationships that I have built and the ones that I still have are way worth it. And like getting vulnerable and trusting people and getting vulnerable is something that people do not like to do because they carry baggage from past experiences, which is something that, you know, is natural because you want to protect yourself. 
Yeah. Um, and that's something that is very common in dating today. Absolutely. And I feel like a big thing too is like we have to realize that we're all so similar. Like everyone talks about their traumatic past and the pain that they've gone through and the heartbreak and cheating and the abuse and the, you know, all of these negative things. But we have to realize that we're all similar and a lot of us have all been through very similar situations. So rather than seeing this as something that completely tears us apart, it's like finding the opportunity in that. Like how did all of those past relationships or experiences allow us to grow Mm -hmm. how did that create us and help mold us into the people that we are today everything's a lesson baby absolutely and everything's an opportunity and there's an opportunity in every situation so it's really about opening up and being able to realize that like every person we come encounter with has been hurt has been heartbroken has been screwed over has you know been cheated on in some level or has been betrayed on some level and it's rather than focusing on that It's about really not carrying our past and using that as an excuse and like a reason to disconnect from others or a reason to put up our guard or a reason to not be vulnerable with these people, but instead allow that to be a way for us to come together and heal each other. Exactly. Because if you want to be in a relationship, which we've decided that everybody wants to. On some level. You should, yeah, you should try. And like, that's the, that's the way that you're going to get there. And, um, with that said, that's why dating is hard, but also, are we going to talk about the apps? <laughs> we can definitely dive into the apps. So I am traditionally anti-app um, because I'm a hopeless romantic and um, I've seen <laughs> I've seen fate happen. So I know that it can happen. However, I do know that um, dating is very... It, well, meeting people like in that situation is extremely hard. In the major cities, you want to talk about New York, LA, Chicago, you just don't like waiting, like waiting for that sign is very frustrating. And the apps are like people, wait, I have my little statistics here. So 68.4, you know, you know, I got my stats. So 68.4% of women think apps actually make it harder to find love, but actually there's 26 million matches every single day on all of these apps and like online services. So 50% of couples who have met on a dating app um, have actually been with each other for over a year and 13.6% of those people are already married or engaged. So there has been success on apps. And I know for like, shout out to you guys have who have met on apps, like there is a negative connotation about them, but there's also so many people that have met on them and there is like an algorithm that works. Um, Alex actually met my cousin on an app. Um, (laughs) which I was very against in the beginning as well. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I'm just like, I think it's just because I, one, I'm a hopeless romantic Two, I've seen it. Like I've seen it happen naturally. And three, I'm like anti-social media. Um, even though I know that it, it, there, it does serve like a a lot of great purposes. Mm -hmm. Like Um, you guys listening to us. Yeah. You guys listening to us. Um, but I don't know. I just, there are so many, there are pros, but more cons. And so like, let's talk about that more. Yeah. So obviously there are the benefits to the apps, right? Because, you know, I obviously met my boyfriend on an app, which I am so grateful for. Love you, James. Yeah. Love God, you. I love him so much. Um, but it's also about really understanding like, okay, you're now having an app where you're able to connect to these people 
And, you know, this is allowing you to connect to people you'd probably never meet otherwise, mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. And the success that people are having is incredible, and that's great. But then there's the other side of the apps where a lot of people are really going in it with the wrong intention. And that's, you know, the hooking up aspect or the searching for the perfect person. So rather than... You know, getting into a relationship, not even a relationship, but meeting up with these people, going on a few dates, and rather than seeing like, okay, let me see where this goes, people are often finding one or two things wrong with someone and being like, okay, rather than trying for something or fixing something that's broken or communicating about what I'm feeling, I'm just going to go back on the app and swipe to find the next person because it's so accessible and so easy. Yeah. And like, although it can create confidence with people like, oh, you know, I have options. It also can create a lot of self-esteem issues because it's almost like, wow, if I'm not quote unquote perfect, they're just going to go elsewhere and find someone else to replace me. Yeah. And I think there's also like a bunch of stigmas around certain apps. Like we all know Tinder's the one that you that you fuck. <laughs> um, Bumble is interesting to me. I like the, the whole, um, like the girl, it, it was, it was, it's a really interesting concept, especially since now they have like the friends one and the business one. Um, I mean, what's your take on that? I think on, the, on like all of them, on all of them. And I, I mean, all like, of them, you have to swipe and that's why it's just like, it's literally a split second decision. It's like you look based on looks. More it's or less. literally all based on looks. And so that's why I think it causes such a, that's why I'm so against it. It's like such an insecurity thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's the thing. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I can, I'm going to be honest. Like that was a big thing for me. I was looking at people's thing and it really, and I created awareness around this was, which was kind of made me what, what, blah, what made me take a step back because I was realizing that if I didn't necessarily find the person attractive, I was swiping on them before actually reading the bio. And the reason that that's not good. And the reason that I created awareness around this and shifted that is because it's not based on looks. And society has really, really created this space where it's all about physical. And it's really so much more than that. Like even on Instagram, which we'll get into later, it's not just about the way people look. It's really about what's inside. And I know, yes, it can be fun. And people are like, well, he or she is hot. And, you know, I'm just looking for the one night stands or I'm just looking for the casual sex or I'm just looking for, you know, some quick and instant fulfillment. Or honestly, like with J-Swipe, I'm looking for somebody that my family will accept because they're the same religion as me. Yeah, which is, and it's different for every single person. Yeah, which I'm totally not against, but there are certain apps that it's like, okay, or I'm looking at somebody, or I'm looking for somebody with the same political views as me. There are certain things that the app asks for that you're putting yourself out there with just only certain things. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's just a snapshot of who you are and you're like, okay, that's fine. It's just not, I don't know, it's just not enough, man. Yeah, what's coming up for me is that there's no depth. No, no depth. No. And that's why I think it's also about, you know, going on these dates and really allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to see like, okay, is this someone that I could actually be interested in rather than, hey, let's just go out for drinks, get drunk, have sex and probably not talk again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is, wait, are we, are we talking about sex or are we talking about Instagram? Yeah. We can dive into whichever one you're feeling. Okay. Um, 
let's do Instagram first because we're already talking about apps. So with that said, I am very interested to know about your views on like social media and like Instagram now with dating because I know um, (laughs) Instagram has, you know, been a topic in relationships lately because it is so like apps, you're so readily, it's just so readily accessible, accessible. um, And it's kind of become like the new porn. Absolutely. And it's like, are you... One, these like, I, I call them thoughts. <laughs> these, <laughs> But these no judgment. Wh- no, no judgment. And it's not the Olivia Culpos and the Emirata. Shout out, you guys are gorgeous. Like show off yourselves. But these women that have made a, a living of like being hot. And it's also like the ones that are like pretty low key. It's just these men that are following these women just to look at them and they like and they comment, but they're also... um with girlfriends in relationships um and it's creating issues in their relationships because their girlfriends are not following the men and i i don't even know any other of i don't know if it's just like my friends but i've like talked to you about it like men don't do the same thing unless they're models and that's completely different you know what i mean and it's just like we're not always to the same level no it's not and it's become like a real big thing and it's just like these girls have huge followings and it's like do you think that they're going to see your like and your comment and actually respond to you or even a DM? And if they do, amazing. Like that, I'm so proud of you. Way to go. Um, but it's, it's really, it's become like a huge issue. And I feel like it's cheating if you're in a relationship because it's, you know that Instagram has an algorithm. Everybody can see it if they're following you and it's not fair. And it's like, it's, it becomes an issue in a relationship because it's like, do you want to bring it up to your man's? Like, or you one. know what I mean? It's like, that girl doesn't look like me. So what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Were you trying to get her attention? Because guess what? It was probably just supposed to promote a brand that she was wearing. Um, and so like, I know that you went to high school with a certain girl and you know, her ass is fake. <laughs> and- <laughs> She ain't listening. Don't worry about it. I'm but not like, saying anything. Yeah. And so like I, it's just like for, <clears throat> like for me, like for me, it hits close to home, but I just, and I know it's like, you know, it's just so readily accessible. And so I don't necessarily blame guys for doing it. And I'm not guys, I'm not calling you and out. It's like it's not I, just guys too. No. And it's not, and, it, and it's not just guys. And I like, it's girls and like, and the, and the girls that are making money off, off of it, like power to you, like your bodies are hot. Like you're making money, like awesome. But it's not fair to the girls that are with the guys that have to see them. And it, there's, it's crossing a line. I feel like it's also about the type of relationship you're in, right? Because now this goes back to the communication level in terms of like, are you in a relationship where you've both agreed that, hey, you can check out whoever you want and you can like and comment and I fully support it and I don't care. I'm going to do the same thing because we trust each other to that level and we're more open about that. Or are you in a relationship where you're doing these things behind your significant other's back, thinking that they're not going to see it and they are? Or is it something where, you know, I deal with a lot of clients too who are dealing with jealousy issues and a lot of that stems into social media because these women and men who are photoshopped or just very revealing or very sexual and it's very enticing to to other people and their other followers... And that creates a lot of 
like disconnect in a relationship. And it's really about realizing like, okay, me liking and commenting this really sexy woman or man on social media who let's say has thousands or millions of followers, what is that actually, and I'm in a relationship, what is that actually doing for them and for me? Like how is that, how is that allowing me to feel fulfilled in a relationship if I'm there checking out other people and if I'm sexually, really sexually driven enough to actually respond and comment to other people who are acting like that? And a lot of the time, because it's become so normal, they might not even know that it's not that it's bad. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people don't have awareness around it. They think it's no big deal, which I get. Yeah, I totally get. But if it's been addressed, then that's fine. You know what I mean? Like once it's been addressed and if that doesn't change and that that's like a, a totally different topic. But because it's so readily accessible, it's like it's normal now. Absolutely. And so it's, it, it is a big issue. And unfor- unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change. Um, and like I said, in, like Instagram can be like a very great like platform for like promoting business and, you know, like sharing great memories. Um, but it's unfortunately caused like so many self-esteem issues Mm. and so many issues between, between like relationships and things like that, because it's just on, it's truly unavoidable. Um, unless you delete it, which is like, okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Proud of you. And, and I but, would say like a big thing too is really being open and honest with your partner about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And if they are, if this is truly a relationship that is healthy, they will understand, they will explain their perspective and you will come to a mutual understanding. If that is not the case, then there are other things that need to be addressed because there is obviously something else going on that they feel the need to like and comment other posts that are sexual or very showy or whatever, even after you've said how uncomfortable you are. So I really feel like a big thing is, you know, addressing that and figuring out like, okay, what is going on here? Whether or not that means maybe you talk to a coach or a therapist or you have your partner, you explain it to them and see what they say if they want to talk to a coach or therapist because there's usually a lot going on underneath just it's not just a like and a comment. Yeah, like maybe you're seeking you're seeking something else. It doesn't validation maybe yeah, seeking validation or you know seeking something else in your relationship. We're not going to go that far Fulfillment, deep into yeah. it. Yeah. Some type of other thing. Um Otherwise, reach out to me, though, if you need to talk about it. Yeah, obviously <laughs> reach out to this amazing human being. Um, but yeah, no, obviously it's an issue. We had to bring it up. Um, it could it could just be, you know, they don't know, like, what the hell is going on. It happens with girls a little less often than it happens with guys, but we just, you know, it's everywhere. Also, it's completely Photoshopped, so. But good for you. If you, if you are someone out there making money off your grams, so Who proud Who is of you. real especially, good for you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, not like uh Yeah. You and, know who. Yeah. Um anyway. So off of that, talking about the sexualization on Instagram. We're about to talk about sex. Mom. Maybe press the pause button. Please pause, girl. Please. <laughs> yeah, please. Anyway, so obviously any family members, please. Any please yeah, no, any family button. members, anybody on the Dob side, Mealy's or Calicmans, please just like uh pause. I don't even know how long I just will uh, will recoup later. Anyway, so <laughs> we are talking about sex because obviously it's a really important part of a relationship. Like, yes, you can be best friends. You can like be life partners, but intimacy is important. Absolutely. 
and I take it from a life, take it from a life coach and relationship coach and you know, all of it. Yeah. And you know, sex is a big part of any relationship and it is a big part of physical connection and growing closer to someone and experiencing, experiencing love and depth and openness on a completely different level. Things that are being expressed without there having to be words, but instead passion. And passion is really, not just even sexually, but passion in general is really part of the heart of a relationship. You just made it sound so beautiful. However, it was often (laughs) like, yes, it is supposed to be like that. However, unfortunately, a lot of people don't experience it like that. And, um... Obviously, we'll talk about tips, but how do you feel? Let's get a little fun. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about sex on the first date? So personally, I've never done it, but I have, and there's no judgment. I know, guys, she's never done it, so uh, check her out. (laughs) But I'm not going to lie, like, I'm probably one of the only people I know who hasn't, and there's no judgment around those who have, and I think... Everyone is, you know, doing their own thing for their own reasons. And and I'm never one to say anything against that or to say anything bad about that because I think that everyone has experienced things throughout their life that have led them to where they are and that leads them into the situations and experiences that they have. But in terms of, you know, if you really break it down and, you know, our one night stands or sex on the first date, which usually could lead to one night stands, is it good versus is it maybe not the best option? And I feel like having a one night stand could be a great experience because it could be fun and you can feel attractive and, you know, feel like that excitement and that like sexual drive to want to just like move forward really quickly and maybe you're feeling lonely outside of that and this is kind of a void that you're filling and you're feeling wanted or needed in that moment but like the problem with that is it really usually only lasts for that one night unless you know you have that incredible spark and like both of your bodies are connected and you're like I just know that you know we're meant to be the ones and we're meant to move forward and it's a really long lasting relationship. And that's incredible for the people who have experienced that. But for the most people who haven't, there's really a lot going on there. And that's because although casual sex can be fun and, you know, as long as I'm going to promote safe sex here, as long as, you know, you're being safe and, you know, you're not (laughs) catching anything and both people are on the same page and you're communicating, hey, I'm just in for this. That's totally fine. But the problem is when there's like those emotional side effects where there's like the shame and the guilt and the remorse and that like morning after of what the hell did I just do? Or that like waiting. This is also for guys and gals. Yeah, both, both. Because, you know, just maybe it might be seen that, oh, well, men are the ones that more likely to have one night stands and they're more the ones to disconnect. Nowadays, that is really not true anymore. Women are on the same level at some points where they're just yeah you wait know. let me let me chime in on this I was listening to another podcast and I want to say that like <laughs> this feels weird for me to say but um men and women you know men are like you know traditionally considered animals um because they're just like just openly like talk Hornier? about sex yeah openly horny um I hate the word horny <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I don't mind it. <laughs> Good for you. Um, they're like men and women want sex the same, like the same way. You know what I mean? But it's just like the way that the way that they go about it. And so I don't really know how I was going to like go about this. So the way that they feel after like a one night stand doesn't have to be like, oh my God, like I just had a one, like a one night stand. Like they can both feel shame or they can both feel proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can go into a date knowing that you're going to have a one night stand or like, you know what I mean? Like you can both feel the same thing. Like it's just, don't, ex- don't expect like being like proud or like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the biggest thing too within the one night stands is like really asking yourself like, is there actual depth? Is there actual connection? Is there an actual spark? Because let's all be real. One night stands and like the sex aspect of it would not be happening on a first date if alcohol was not involved. Yes. If you sit here and take a step back and you ask yourself like, okay, how many, you know, how many times have I gone like on these dating apps or gone on a date where I'm meeting up with these people and alcohol was not involved and I wound up sleeping with this person? In reality, most of you are going to wind up saying no because alcohol is a main, what's the word? Like, uh, aphrodisiac. That too, yeah. Aphrodisiac. Yeah. Without that. No, it's just, it just, it lets your guard down. Absolutely. It it makes you feel, it makes you feel like, I don't know, like a little, like a little loosey, yeah, loosey goosey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, cute. Jinx. Yeah. And Um, it really is. And if you really take a step back and you're like, okay, well, let's see, how many people have I actually gone on a date with or met out somewhere and we were totally sober and wound up sleeping together that night? In reality, the it's usually no, we met up for drinks. We were feeling real good. We wound up sleeping together. And now the next night, one of us is waking up feeling okay. And the other one is probably not too happy about it. Yeah. And, or wondering, then it sets into the, oh, well, can I text this person again? Or how long do I have to wait? And then it's like this game of, you know, I don't know if I need to hit this person up again, or I don't know where to go from here. Or the other side of that is like, wow, well, they just slept with me on the first night, so how many other people are they doing this with? So why am I even going to reach out to them again? Because in reality, am I even special then? So I have two things about this. One, the pros of waiting. First of all, like, one of my greatest relationships. One is, like, the pros of waiting is, like, you want to, like, if you feel a connection with someone, you want to want to want them. Absolutely. You want to create that like sexy, can't take our hands off of each other. Yeah. Like if you feel that connection, like you don't want to like possibly have those consequences, like those like possible feelings of shame after that first date. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to have these feelings of like, Oh my gosh, should I text them? Like blah, 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 blah. Like you don't want to like diminish that, like, like spark. You know what I mean? Second of all, for, good sex. I can't, I can't even believe I'm talking about this publicly. Oh my God. This is yeah, going to be, this. This be fire. <laughs> this is posh, partially my fault. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. As long as my uh, entire family is not listening to this. Um, but you're certified. So it's fine. Um, if you're going to have actually like good sex, that requires like communication and actually knowing the person, not that, that it's going to happen on the first time, but, but you have to be able to like bodies. You have to like trust the person and it's probably not going to be great on the first time, but like you have to like, you have to feel like secure enough to like, you know, like be like, okay, you know, and that one night stand ain't going to be great at all. And that's like another reason that you might feel like, okay, shit. Yeah. This might be a little too much, but like women, like women and men, but mostly women, like think about how many times you've ever orgasmed or really (laughs) 
have experienced that sensation from a one night stand because let's break it down. I like, looked, by the way, I looked up the statistics and I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> but no, like, we looked, I, I tried like 2015. I didn't even get those stats. So. Yeah. It, it was just really showing that that was not really something that was happening for women. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of that goes into not only not knowing each other's bodies, but that comfort level of like, being able to fully relax and release in a sense and really be able to be present and feel really, really, you know, intimate and passionate and like sexy in that moment. Yeah, exactly. And so we're not not recommending sex on the first no, date. No, absolutely. If that's because like if thing, that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And, do, and if you More do, if you, you didn't plan on doing it and you do do it, don't regret it. You know what I mean? But like, think about what you want. And if you want a serious relationship, it might be great to like, to wait, to wait. But if you do it, don't regret it. No. You know? Because regret is just, it's not going to help. And it's going to cause more of that and more of that negative self-talk and more of that guilt and resentment. Like you are better off back to, like going back to it is really talking to someone really like figuring out okay well maybe if I had a one night stand once no big deal but if this is a reoccurring thing and you're constantly waking up in the morning and like what the hell am I doing that is something to definitely explore with a coach or with a therapist and really figure out like okay AKA what is Alex hey 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 really like what is going on here and even if you're on the other side of it and you're now on these apps or you're meeting you know, people at bars every night or on the weekends are doing these things where you are just constantly having one night stands. And now you've almost become in a way addicted to the excitement of it being a different new person every single night. There's also something within that because realistically sex is going to stop meaning being meaningful on any level. If you, if you kind of take it for granted in a way and yeah. overuse it, and kind of diminish the value and like the ability it has to really create something that's powerful and meaningful. Yeah, love that, love that. So we're gonna move away from, I mean, we're not gonna not stop talking about sex, but so in order to like have good sex, you need to like communicate what you want, obviously, obviously. But we've talked about how communication in a relationship is key. I mean, it includes trust, honesty, all of, and like talking about what you want. Um, but what are ways that I I've like listened to, I talked about this other podcast that I listened to, but like, do you think that like, what are ways that you can effectively communicate in a relationship that like to say what you want without art, like without blowing up in a fight, like saying what you want without arguing all the time to, you know, grow together like you know <laughs> so basically like how to communicate when you're like really angry and exactly frustrated. exactly yeah yeah and that ties into to like just going back to the sex thing really quick like feeling comfortable enough to be like hey I like this or I don't like this yes and not being scared of what the other person is going to say or think or feel about you yeah and that even goes to because not communicating properly can lead to a lot of that anger a lot of that frustration And even though it's okay to be angry in a relationship, because everyone does feel that sense of anger, I mean, we wouldn't have that emotion if we weren't supposed to feel it on some level. It's about really like how long we stay there and how we can then resolve those conflicts in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend, it's really like 
when you're feeling that frustration and you're feeling that anger, it's like taking a step back, stopping yourself. And if you're like getting angry and frustrated, taking a step back, taking a deep breath and telling your partner like, hey, we need to take a short break before we continue this conversation. Like, let's both take time to calm down. Let's take time to like kind of separate and allow our thoughts to set in. Not like a break break. Just no, like, no, no, not like a break like in physical, the moment. Like physical separation. Like go take into a deep the breath, other room. Gather my thoughts yeah. and not have a freaking blowout. Absolutely. Where we're going to say things that we regret. Yeah. Because once the words are out, you're go- like, I know me, I don't forget shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's about really, you know, creating awareness of of that anger and it's like you know why am I so angry right now and what's coming up for me and now am I listening to my partner or am I just getting defensive and reacting and am I able to actually sit back and be like okay let me breathe let me figure out like what the anger is stemming from and now how can I communicate this properly so it's taking that time taking that break and really thinking like okay where is this other person coming from and how can I see it from their point of view? Like, how can I acknowledge and validate what they're feeling while also being able to be like, hey, I understand where you are coming from and this is where I'm coming from and I get that we're disagreeing about this, but how can we come to a mutual understanding? Yeah. And what does that look like? And that kind of ties into even creating the tips for like better communication, which is, you know, talking face to face. So when you're having something that's coming up for you, when you're wanting to communicate, that's sitting down with the person, putting our phones away. It's being present in the moment, looking at, looking each other in the eyes and really hearing. So that goes back to not hearing to respond and react, but hearing to actually listen. Like, what is my partner saying? You're you're not interrupting. You're not, you know, instantly thinking of, well, I need to say this and I need to defend myself because they're completely wrong. It's about, let me actually hear what is going on from them. What, what is, what is, what is hurting them so much that's creating this anger and what is hurting me so much that's creating the anger. And that goes back to like not attacking one another. So not coming from a place of like, oh, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that, but rather of an example is like, I feel this way because, or this is happening because we are. So it's not it's not about targeting the other person and putting them down, allowing them to get defensive. It's about really creating an open and honest space where you can be like, this is how I'm feeling and I feel this way because of something and the something that you're doing that I'm interpreting in a way that's not making me feel good. Yeah. And giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like how instead, what exactly do you mean by this? Because I'm reacting to this because I'm instantly being triggered and I'm instantly interpreting this in a negative way. But what did you actually mean? And how can I now take a step back and see where you're coming from? And tying into that is really like being honest. And that goes back to the main part of communication is being honest and open and vulnerable because even though the truth hurts, that is the key to a healthy relationship. Yeah, and don't say what the other person wants to hear. No, no. It's because about being that's honest. putting a band-aid on things like that. Like just to like fight like fighting or arguing like these like I think personally like having a perfect relationship is not the best relationship because obviously something else is going on, but little like little arguments to like like make you grow as a couple. And like having these little arguments and like like 
and putting like putting a bandaid is not gonna solve anything. But if you want to make a relationship work, you grow together. And mm -hmm. so you you compromise. And through the like compromising means you listen to the other person. You take you you take what they say. You like digest it, and you have your you have your feedback. It doesn't mean that like and you like work on it. It's not. It's like, but it's you nip it in the butt right away. You know what I mean? I mean you like take a deep breath you nip it you nip it in the butt right away like you nip it in the butt right away but you take a deep breath <laughs> but it's you don't let it like stew because the, the second that you let it stew you start creating all these scenarios that you have no idea what they're like no idea what they're all thinking these assumptions that just all don't these assumptions benefit. and it's like it's just it's not okay and the way like yeah so I think that like communication is key but you have to be a really good listener if you want it to work and it's about proper communication too. Yes. Communication doesn't mean yelling and screaming and being violent. That's, you know, not, that's the opposite of what we want. Communication is really about recognizing where, recognizing the negative emotions, the anger, the frustration, the disappointment, the, the anything else that's not allowing you to feel good. And rather than, you know, sitting with it and, and letting your mind go on this tangent and go on this you know, sp negative spiral of, oh my God, well, they're doing this to me because of this, of this, and they're hurting me because of this, and they're doing all of these negative things to me because of all of these reasons that I am now coming up with. It's about stepping in front of that and before allowing your brain to even go there, being open and honest and vulnerable with yourself and with your partner to be like, okay, well, what is going on here? So rather than me allowing myself to make assumptions and interpret the things that you're saying in a negative light, explain to me where you're coming from and explain to me, you know, what, what this looks like for you because I'm seeing it this way and this way doesn't make me feel good and I don't believe that you are actually meaning it this way. So how can I now, how can we come to a mutual understanding where we're now on the same page. Amazing. Love it. Yeah. Oh my God. We're already at 54 minutes. I know. I know. All right, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Yeah. So me and Alex were talking before about like how to relate this to the blur minimum. Like what do you like, what should people focus on and put energy on to like find their like, basically we we're trying to relate it to the blur minimum and we were realizing like everyone's perfect relationship is going to be different. Like for me, it's like, and Alex was similar, like in my relationship, like I want somebody to be my best friend, my biggest fan. I want us to like grow together and I want us to have like similar values. Support. I want someone to like, you know, lift me up. I want to lift them up and I want us to have drive. I want us to, you know, both have family, like both have the same family values. Um, like, you know, I'm obsessed with twins. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just like want us to have the same, like just, and it's super easy. You know what I mean? But if that's not the same for everybody, you know what I mean? And so we like for, for me, that's what I want my relationship to be. And I want to put effort into that and let go of anybody that does not want the same things as me. Yeah. And I feel like within that too, it's really, you know, taking a deep dive within yourself and really asking yourself like, what are my values? What do I look for in a partner? You know, do I want someone who I can be myself with and be totally vulnerable and, you know, feel really good, but also somebody who, 
motivates me and supports me and inspires me and drives me and allows me to move forward? And do I want someone who is more independent or do I want someone who there is a codependency where we can, you know, create this incredible space where we help each other and we're there for each other? And do we want to spend a lot of time together? or Do we not want to spend a lot of time together? It's really asking yourself these questions of like, what is it that I'm looking for? And, you know, where do I go from there in terms of, you know, what have I been attracting? And is, is, am I satisfied with those people that I've been attracting? Or do I want to make a change? And do I want to be attracting people that are more aligned with who I am? And I feel like that just ties in really quickly to like trust in a healthy relationship. I know we yeah. didn't really get time, but I feel no, like... No, you can go as long as you want. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks but I feel like it's really about, you know... The trust really creates the ability to bring you and your partner closer and that, you know, allows you to develop and to foster trust and to really help you thrive and to grow together, which is a huge thing for me, like trust, honesty, openness, you know, affection, communication, mm-hmm. vulnerability, all ditto, of those ditto, things. Yeah, like huge key points. And that's about like making your relationship a priority. So Fixing something when it's broken, and not even broken because I don't even like that word, but fixing something when something is wrong rather than throwing it away or pushing it aside or trying to find something better and being true to yourself. Like people are often afraid to show who they truly are because they're scared of judgment, but it's about breaking through that judgment and realizing that whoever you are with and whoever you're supposed to be with is going to love you for who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And But when I mean being true to yourself, that means like the positive sides of you. So that doesn't mean, okay, you can be abusive or you can talk down to someone or belittle them or hurt them and think that they have to love you anyways. It's about it's about reflecting on the positive parts of you, like the silliness, the quirks, the the flaws, and the things that make you who you truly are deep down within. And that's being able to, you know, really embrace who you are and express your concerns with your partner, your needs, your fears, your your what drives you, what motivates you, what inspires you, and and being able to, you know, develop, like you were saying, a friendship, that best friendship where you're like, oh my gosh, I can tell you anything in the world and this feels so good because I know you'll never judge me. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, the being trustworthy and setting those healthy boundaries and realizing like, okay, this is what I want and I'm not going to settle for less because I know what I deserve. Exactly. Yeah. And that comes with the, like, lo- like loving yourself and the confidence. Yeah. And it's like embracing the challenges that relations go through, relationships go through, and embracing the challenges that you face. But rather than shutting down, it's like really appreciating each other in those moments and leaning on one another to, you know, focus on the positives and help each other move through and be able to grow together and be like, hey, we can do this and we have each other's backs and you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I love that I'm tearing up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is hitting close to home. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, I'm sweating on the seat as per usual. Same. We had to turn turn the AC off because we thought that was the reason the audio wasn't working. Little did we know. I mean, do we have anything else to add besides promoing your biz? Yeah. I mean, mean, literally we could talk all day. We We have a whole other podcast episode planned for season two. Um, Yeah, so you guys better tune in. um, If you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out. 
Also, a little promo that I'm going to do. Anyone who's listening, like, you'll get a free uh, 30-minute consultation <gasps> session with me. Fine. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. But with that, too, I will also give you 10% off of a package of your choice if we decide to move forward and work together. You just have to say Blair Minimum when you let me know. <gasps> this will be special just for you guys. I'm literally not doing this for anybody else. Oh, my God. This is freaking amazing yeah wow yep so also go on my website check out my packages too oh my god wow love you guys this was so fun <laughs> and it's so late none of you are awake right now as we're recording this but wow i want to release this tomorrow but yeah. i can't because i have to literally wake up and um, work in yeah, same. three hours okay so any questions email well obviously i'm gonna promo um alex but email b at the blair minimum.com no one has emailed me yet so thanks guys um and this is gonna be the first time maybe it will be the first time first time putting Um, out those positive i really hope i really hope the fam did not listen to (laughs) to the sex part oh my god i really hope so too it really wasn't that it wasn't that graphic it wasn't that graphic i i held back yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. That's, then, for, that's for season two. Um, and then obviously follow the Blair Minimum podcast on Instagram or at Blair Calicman. I'm public. I'm back to being public, whatever. Yeah, follow and, me as um, well. Abundantly free I'm, on Insta. Yeah, at Abundantly Free or at Strice Baby. At A Strice Baby. And um, we will TTYT. I don't even know when because I've overcommitted and I'm working like a dog. But love but you. But you're crushing it. So yeah, you're I good. am crushing it. Love you, fam. Love you guys. Thanks for